Welcome back to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Mike Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about screen time, a recent New York Times article about the socioeconomic divide around screen time in classrooms and at home. But as always, want to start off the show by bringing in Mike and Brandon. Brandon, how was your Thanksgiving break? Good turkey, good food. How uh, is it to be back here on the podcast? There's a lot of questions in there, Dan. Uh, it was good, as was the turkey, as was the food, including the turkey and the rest of the food. And I'm happy to be back. Yeah, I, I, as I said before, I, I love Thanksgiving. Uh, was back in uh, OHIO uh, for, uh, for Thanksgiving with the fam. Uh, and it was good, but glad to be back. A big win by uh, the Ohio State University uh, over the weekend. Yeah, as that, well. that's what this episode is about. Is that is, isn't that right? Um, I, I have a friend who uh, is a big Michigan fan. I guess we shouldn't throw shade at the people from Michigan who listen to our show. Keep listening. Yeah, hail to the the, the conquering heroes, right? Yeah, uh, but I offered to um, buy him um, some some khaki pants. <laughs> Uh, as to, to commemorate um, uh, Jim Harbaugh's uh, probably eventual uh, departure. Wow. Anyway, I went deep on sports. L- life yeah. is good. Yeah. Uh, glad to be back. Thanks for asking, Dan. Mike, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I had a great, uh, great break. Um, uh, I was being more, uh, I, I became more aware of my use of screens uh, over the last few weeks, few months, and I was somewhat conscious of that. Well, I was also just somewhat conscious at different <laughs> points during my break as well. Uh, tryptophan is a, is a heck of a drug, but, um, and football and, uh, and parades watching a parade is, can, can you any dog show? How about the dog show? Oh, the dog show is delightful. It's so good. It's a nice, uh, palate cleanser. Yeah. If you will. That's, that's nice. But, uh, but yeah, I, and I, um, you know, I, I am an iPhone user. Right. And I have noticed that they are now pushing out more updates. Mm-hmm about my screen time usage and um you know always taking every uh i take every break as an opportunity to prepare for my next uh podcast uh so i did spend a little bit of time over the break just thinking about my own use of screens and how um it's pretty pervasive and um it is also interesting when you start to track anything you can then begin to get uh, control over your behavior so i did notice um, that since my iPhone has been tracking my screen time, my screen time is coming down. Yep. Uh, but it's coming down from some astronomically large numbers. <laughs> right. So like, I don't have a lot to brag about. So. You got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So uh, I actually, uh, my cell phone broke back on Halloween and I've been using a, uh, a backup phone, but it is an iPhone. I'm an Android user. So I've noticed that I've used it less just because I'm not as good at using it. Uh, so it's become a, a nice uh, break for me, not being on my phone as much as I have been. But Mike, uh, we're talking about uh, really a conversation spurred uh, by a recent article in the New York Times about the socioeconomic divide uh, in tech technology, both at home, but more so focusing on uh, learning, learning in the classroom, learning at home as well, uh, and how studies have started to show that uh, what we'll call, uh, I'll call here the well-off, the Silicon Valley uh, example is uh, relevant here. Uh, They're using less and less screen times, whereas uh, districts that may have uh, lower income, uh, lower income into their schools or lower income families are seeing more and more screen time. Uh, that's a brief synopsis, but uh, your take on this article and how it sort of uh, kicks off this conversation here for us to talk about screen time again on, on trending in education. Yeah, sure. And uh, article in New York Times uh, back at the end of October by uh, Nellie Bowles uh, is the name of the reporter. And, and I think she did a really nice job 
summarizing uh, the surprising uh, divergence that's happening here. Uh, so, so I do think it's, it is interesting to think about uh, technology and access to technology as inverting in some places, um, which I, I think was the main uh, thrust of this article, which is that uh, traditionally, uh, there's even a quote from uh, Chris Anderson saying like the digital divide was about access to technology. And now that everyone has access, the new digital divide is limiting access to that technology. So um, screens, uh, which for a while folks were saying that there's this gap between the developed and the developing world. And uh, based on your socioeconomic status, you may not have access to screens, you may not have access to the internet. And there's gonna be this growing divide where the elites have access to technology and the underclass uh, will will be uh, deprived of that access. Uh, in many ways, it's it's flipping now, where the access is pervasive. Everyone uh, has access to smartphones, has access to the internet, and uh, the new and emerging gap is that more affluent parents are understanding some of the risks around screen time. Uh, maybe they're getting their uh, their screen time uh, updates from their Apple iPhones, uh, and now they're thinking, I don't want my kids growing up around that much screen time. Um, and it seemed even less about um, what school districts are doing or what the, the K-12 or pre-K educational systems are doing. And it's more about what parents are opting into, uh, including private schools that, that maybe uh, emphasize more like the offline aspects of learning. Um, it's a topic we've covered uh, a few in a few different ways on the show, but I thought it was uh, really interesting to understand that uh, flipping of the expectations around access and, um, um, you know, we'll come back to it a little bit later on, but like, I do think it, it has some uh, analogies, uh, interesting analogies can be drawn to like junk food and uh, delayed gratification and uh, some of the things that are really harder to develop in uh, learners over their lives. Um, so I thought it was a really interesting topic for us to uh, dig into. And it's been one we've touched on a few different times in varying degrees here on the podcast. We had uh, Nicholas Tampio on to talk about screen time and his article. We've had some teachers on in the past. Uh, Brandon, from your viewpoint, a high level, and then we'll dive into some of those points Mike just made. Uh, this article specifically or takes here on uh, what it seems like a very relevant topic at this stage in, in uh, the timeline of education and technology, uh, that it does seem to be a divergent path for those uh, with wealth and those without when it comes to digital screens. Yeah, I think I may have a hard time sounding intelligible on this one because I don't know that I know what I think. So I'll give just some, some takes that they may be various degrees of warm and they may be various degrees of coherent or cohesive. But Can, can I make a quick suggestion? Yeah. Could you put your iPhone down? <laughs> Never. Um, so about the article, you asked about that. I think the article is interesting. And I think that um, it's objectively interesting to think about how, um, you know, the, the trend and counter trend that we've talked about that dynamic a lot. And the trend, you know, is you know, pouring more money into the, in the form of uh, devices into classrooms and thinking that that's going to solve this digital divide as we've understood it, you know, as, as Mike, you're just talking through in the article. Um, the, the counter to that trend being parents and parents of means who are saying, no, actually, we're, we're not sure what this, um, what all this technology does to our kids. And, you know, I think the article talks about this being 
you know, great social experiment that we're running or not so great uh, social experiment that we're running on our children. Um, so uh, I, I don't, I don't think I was uh, aware that the, I was certainly aware of the trend. I wasn't as aware of the counter trend. So the article was interesting to me as, as just a person of the world and as a parent. Um, I think that it may be that it's just better to be a person of means, mm -hmm. right? Like people of means get to think about things, right? Get to think about like sure. what's the best thing for their, their child and get to have coalitions with other parents where they're getting together monthly and say, you know, what kind of technology should we expose our children to and get to decide of the many things on this, this is a Christmas list um, that was being cited in here with a uh, Wii and uh, Switch and uh, PS4 and like which of those things they won't buy because they can buy other great gifts that express it. Like it's just better to be a person of means. Right. So I think that the, the, the conceit here, and this is where I'm, I'm admittedly meandering a little bit, but um, it's because I'm not, I'm not sure what the right read is even for me as a parent. Um, the, the conceit is that uh, it is worse to have the, these devices than not for these children of, of these children of parents of means mm -hmm. um, for the, the children in low economic under low, low socioeconomic status, underperforming schools, would it be better to pull those devices out of those schools? I'm not sure that it actually would. So mm -hmm. I think we've got some like some apples and like really, really, really fancy apples um, that yes. we're comparing here. And, um, and I'm not sure. And, and if I could just uh, uh, continue on this jag for one moment, um, as a parent, I, I do think there is, I, I value screen time for my child and, and I'm not doing it unwittingly or wantonly and just, you know, saying to the devil may care how much time she's on a screen. But um, I, I, I'm also not a, a teetotaler is the, the word they used here. I'm not a, I'm not a rejector of screen you're not time. A, you're not a neo-Luddite. Right. I'm not a neo-Luddite. Um, and and uh, does that make me a worse parent? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actively not thinking so in, in as so far as I'm making that decision every day. Right. Um, but who knows? I, 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 I think we are living in a great social experiment in lots of different ways. Technology is, is one major way in which that man is manifested and screen time is a particular way for the technology. Right. But, um, but I, but I, I don't, I don't know. Right. That was well articulated, uh, ambivalence and, uh, confusion. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, yeah. I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, in preparation for this, this episode, but also just as, again, as a parent of a four-year-old, right. I've had sure. four years to be thinking about this. Um, I just, there, I feel for, for me anyway, and maybe it's that I'm not thinking about the right way, or I, I may not be a, a perfect actor in this, but like, it's, it's just, there aren't real clear answers for, for me personally. I, I, I think that's right. And, and I think it's also interesting to think about it from uh, like the real time context of when you might make a choice to uh, give a screen to a kid right. or uh, get, get a fast food for dinner. Cause I, I really like that analogy where yeah. like there are times when that's smart because you're ultimately freeing up other time to do other things and it's all like a trade-off where like, what do I do with the time that I have? And when I provide access to a screen, that may be a bit of a shortcut in some places where I could be, you know, uh, sitting down and working on a puzzle uh, with, with my child, but instead I'm now able to do other things. Uh, my child's getting access to different 
types of information and and content that that she wouldn't have had access to otherwise you know it's uh it's maybe understanding that it is a choice and that when you're making that choice there are negative uh ramifications as much as there are positive ones that's why like i think your take is i think it's it's probably uh the the right one the the interesting thing is like how all the founders of Silicon Valley are making the alternative right. choice, which yeah. is, is certainly uh, troubling in its own right. Yeah, and, and just, you know, 10 years ago, all the money that was going into school, we talked about the, um, uh, the Mark Zuckerberg donation to the Newark City Schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all going to, um, that one I think maybe wasn't so good, but uh, a lot of it was going for devices. And, for sure. You know, now that the, the guys and gals who are behind all of that tech are saying, oh, but not for my kids. Right. Uh, it is. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Will they adopt it themselves? There has to be some skepticism in in my brain, at least. Of well, is it not? If it's not good enough for your kid, why is it good enough for mine? As as I move forward uh, with three kids myself, uh, two old enough to really use screens, and the, the youngest who is very into the screen, right? She understands it. right now. Your, right. your 15 month old is, is, is writing some new apps, right? Is that She's right? getting it done. She loves that it keeps flipping every time she moves it, that it, the, the screen goes with her. But uh, yeah. it is, to Brandon's point, it's something I've thought of as I won't know until they're older. You know, I, like in real time, it's really difficult to understand the influence that day over day a screen is having. What I do find intriguing is, to Mike, what you said about what they're looking at obviously matters too, right? It's not just playing a game on that playing uh, a candy crush or something that has some skill to it, uh, but maybe a math game or things that you want to push them towards coding. You just said something we're, we're uh, pushing our oldest Nora towards to at least understand and, and know it's there. But I do struggle with how much is too much. Like what's that number? Is there a finite number? Is each kid different? Uh, and Mike, you've talked about it before. I just fear they're not playing enough. Mm-hmm. Like and and there is play involved with the device, and there especially when you're playing against somebody else or you're involving your sister, which she doesn't always do. But um, I fear that this is taking away from the creative play that we can get to sometimes, and and that the screen time replaces that, and replaces the the figuring things out. Um, it's sort of here, play with this, and then you go from there. Uh, where where else do you want to go in this conversation, Mike? There, I think feel like there are multiple different paths we can go down. You talked about fast food a little bit. Uh, you also have a, a few more notes that I know you took down. What what path do you want to go down next uh, from a discussion point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think right in line with what you're describing there, uh, there has there is some citation of uh, retreats for kids where they're they're uh, sent somewhere where they're. Uh, their activities are all off of screens and they're, they don't have access to screens. I've heard more of this as a, maybe a counter trend for adults too, like where like, you know, you put your phone in a lockbox and you can't get into the lockbox for a while. And um, who do we become when we have to revert back to that crazy <laughs> life that we were living 10, 15 years ago? Um, it is interesting the tie to social emotional learning and empathy where when you have access to devices that are really designed for you as an individual user, an individual learner, you're typically more in your own world and it becomes very transactional for me as the center of my own universe to engage with this screen to get outputs. And that's very different from um, collaborative exercises and uh, more empathic exercises where I'm in a group and I'm trying to understand what it feels like to be somebody else. Um, and, uh, you know, I think good screen-based education maybe can touch at that, 
but uh, but I even think about you know we did a show on um, gaming addiction, and uh, this is really a corollary to that where like I can find fulfillment, I can find whatever I individually need through screens, and sort of that fundamental assumption leads towards like some solipsism and narcissism and lack of empathy. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting. And I think that's a lot of what the, that plus the idea that a lot of these platforms are based on advertising right. and other sort of monetization models that you probably don't want to expose your kids to. Uh, those are the two, um, the two things that struck me uh, that we hadn't really gotten to yet. It's a moment here, we've talked about influencers in the classroom too, that sort of get paid by these major companies to bring technology or specific program into the classroom. I, I think a lot of it, Brandon, for me, comes down to the reasoning. Like, what, what, why are you handing this technology, whether an iPad or a Kindle or an iPhone, whatever it may be, to a child, and what are you asking them to do with it, right? Is it, hey, kid, stop bothering me. I need to watch the Yankees game. I've never said that. But, uh, uh, or is it, hey, you want to do extra math work? Here, here's a device that can help you while I you know, fold laundry. That's while, while the Yankees game happens to be on while I'm folding laundry. Exactly. So yeah. it is. But it, would you agree with that premise that it really comes down to a more nuanced, maybe not haves and haves not, but how the technology is used and, and at what rate and all of these smaller minute details that may not be covered in this article specifically? Yeah, I, I think for sure that the you know, purposefulness, um, thoughtfulness, this is what Michael, you're talking about, um, you know, that you're actively making a decision when you're either choosing to hand your child or a child a device or not. Um, and just being thoughtful about that, I think is, is absolutely right. Um, what is, what's hard for me, and, and maybe this is just the, we can't know right now, uh, what impact this is having on an individual child, a generation of children, et cetera, um, is, is what skills they're gaining that um, are not the longer-term attention span, et cetera. Like if you're eating a bunch of real confectionery stuff, like maybe your teeth fall out, but maybe you also develop a way to handle high amounts of sugar mm -hmm. in your diet. Like I, I, I know nothing about sugar or teeth or diets. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like the, the, there is, there's definitely downside that I think we can imagine. And I think there's localized downside that we can definitely see. Mm -hmm. um, what the upside that we're not aware of and what the downside of not exposing a child to that, at least in some amount, you know, actually having a neo luddite mm -hmm. uh, and what the sort of social, uh, you know, um, impact of that is for that child. Like that's all, that's, it's hard to know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think at the very least being thoughtful about it, which is why I, I hope my, my reaction is the right one, at least for me, is because I do try to think about it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's, we're watching a Patriots game on, on uh, Sunday and, um, you know, there's, uh, there's Gronk who's, uh, breathing in uh, oxygen and I'm talking to, to my daughter about what that experience, like, what is he doing there? Right, so right. that, that to me, like, that's not a disengaged parenting with the screen, just like, don't bother me kid moment. Right. Um, that's a, that's not materially different than doing a puzzle with, with my child. So, right. so um, 
I think that's a, again, it's a thoughtfulness, it's um, awareness, uh, purpose, bringing purpose to how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think that's the most important because we can't know. I, I think, I think it's very, very difficult to know real time what the impact is on your child or children in general. Yeah. I like, I like where you're going too. like where, even if it's in front of a screen, if you're not denying your child access to you, uh, you know, it's different when you use the screen as a, as a surrogate for parenting. And you're really absent for long periods of time where your kid's just engaging in screens, that's more demonstrably dangerous. But like if that's a trade-off, you do some cost-benefit analysis when the kid's on her own doing her thing with the screen, you know, you're aware of it, you're intentional about it, but then also spending time to kind of process what's coming through. And like we talked about the greatest gift this, this holiday season is uh, giving of our time. We sure did. Um, it does seem relevant in this context where like by no means should we be starving our children of quality time with their parents. But that does tie back to the socioeconomic angle where like if you're spending the majority of your time working a second job to make sure your kids are, are fed and they have clothes on their backs and they have a nice home uh, considering your means – if they spend a little more time on their screens, um, that's a real life trade-off. It's a real life trade-off. Yeah. 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 I think that the, you know, I'll take away, and again, this, this maybe not have been such an aha, but um, we've talked about technology used poorly in the classroom. Um, This is, I I think a way to shorthand this is um, an influx of devices into a classroom is not a panacea. It it is not itself uh, a way to address you know, a divide in, in instructional quality, uh, access, et cetera. Um, it may be neither necessary nor sufficient, but I don't think it's, it's necessarily bad. We just shouldn't say, oh, yeah, uh, I sent, you know, we sent uh, a thousand iPads to, um, you know, to a school in Newark. And so we're all set. Yeah. Uh, like that, that seems to be not a, not a great conclusion to come to. Uh, which this this article um, you know reinforces. So, just you know, just not just the thoughtfulness about what you're doing locally with your child, but like also just being thoughtful about what kind of experience different children are having, and you know what what is um, helping to to narrow the divide versus widen it. I think just thinking about that and thinking about the ramifications of stuff that we're doing that's also just good as a person of the world. There was a very uh, intriguing story about uh, preschool, fully digital preschool, I believe it was in Utah, that was getting federal funding that was spreading as well. Uh, we won't know for a while what the ramifications of that are uh, until these students become you know, high school and college students and, and see entrance exams and, and uh, uh, employment rates and all of those things much further down the line. Mike, as we wrap here, um, this is a topic we've hit on many times before. I'm sure we'll come back to many times in the future uh, simply because of its prevalence in, in education, in learning, but also just everyday life. Any final thoughts here uh, on screen time, on this article specifically, and, and what you think uh, could be next? I just think delaying gratification is something that we all need to learn and teach ourselves and teach others. And it's increasingly getting hard when we have access to everything all the time. Um, so my biggest takeaway you know, Walter Mischel's famous uh, marshmallow experiment, uh, where like, how, how soon will you pop the marshmallow in your mouth versus wait uh, for later to get more goodness is a real challenge that we're all facing really throughout all of our lives all the time. 
and uh, in some ways, uh, you know, our smartphones are virtual marshmallow uh, dispensing devices. So I'd say just be careful uh, how often you're, uh, you're feeding yourself. I will admit my kids have uh, many times over said, Dad, why don't you just look it up when I don't know the answer to something? So we, we, we are in that, in the thick of it, uh, to say the least. We do our best to not eat too many marshmallows in this house uh, as we go forward. Uh, great conversation, one we will continue in the future here on Trending in Education. As always, uh, we look for you to subscribe, like, and comment on this. Uh, this is at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, across all your podcast apps. Also, find us on Twitter at Trending in Ed and on Facebook as well, trendingineducation.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Trending in Education. 